Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. The show that is so bad, if Prince Albert really was in the can, he wouldn't come out for it. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I'm your host, Brian Levine. And on this week's episode, we have in Pipe Parts a uh, collection review. In fact, it's the final collection review I have on hand. And then uh, more discussions with uh, Fred Hanna, so more, more time inside Fred's head. Yeah, I know. It's sometimes it's painful, but we get through it. Uh, music, a big mailbag, and rant—all that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. Uh, remember, you must be of legal smoking age wherever you are in order to listen to this show. So if you're not, go ahead, click turn it off. Uh, let's get all the business out of the way. So iTunes ratings and reviews, much, 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 much appreciated. So please leave those if you get a chance. And uh, JDRF auction items. If you have anything you'd like to donate, reach out to me, Brian, at pipesmagazine.com, and I'll tell you where to send it. And uh, yeah, you know, we need everything that you got. So, uh, and uh, let's see, what else we got? Oh, yeah. Hey, Chicago Pipe Show. What are we, four weeks away? Five weeks? Uh, five, four and a half weeks away from it kicking off. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Also, the, uh, uh, the United Pipe Clubs of America is doing their 2022 uh, National Pipe Smoking Contest, the Slow Smoke, on uh, Sunday, May 29th at 1 p.m. at the Chicago Pipe Show out in the smoking tent. So if you want to do that, make sure and get online and get registered for it. Uh, you can go to uh, unitedpipeclubs.org or Chicago Pipe Show or you know Google search. There's uh, numerous ways to get a hold of it, so don't forget that. And uh, what else? Oh, the, uh, the wonderful writings of uh, Ken Barnes are still up on pipesmagazine.com in the forums, so go check those out. All right, let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. There's nothing quite like working in my shop or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. For over 150 years, Peterson has welcomed all pipe smokers. It's the preferred choice of the thinking man and the everyman alike, and our workshop too is a place of hospitality and warmth. Hi, I'm Glenn Whelan, and for me, Peterson is a family tradition I've known since my childhood. My dad, Tony Whelan Jr., worked at Peterson for 53 years and has been my home since 2003. From sweeping our factory on a Saturday morning, to managing our store, to now steering our international distribution, I've seen the craftsmanship poured into each Peterson pipe. It lives in Jason's discerning eye as he handcrafts our silver accents and in Wojciech's able hands as he carves our rustications. It abides in Willie's grading and in Warren's papering. Peterson has welcomed us as contributors to its legacy. And it's a welcome we always extend to you. Cade Milafolge, 100,000 welcomes, wherever you come from, whosoever you be. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show with a collection review. And remember, if you have, if you want me to review your uh, pipe assortment or collection, whatever you want to call it, uh, email me, Brian, at PipesMagazine.com. Give me descriptions of what you've got and send me pictures. And here's what uh, Tad sent. So Tad says, hi, Brian. Attached are a few photos of some of my pipes, vintage tobacco jars and tins, lighters, and pipe-related ephemera. The manufacturers in my collection vary and include Yellow Bowl, K. Woody, No Names, Stanwell's, Savinelli's, Peterson's, Costello's, Dunhill's, and a handful of Artisans, just to name a few. Uh, dates range from a French pipe with a dated trademark of 1915 to pipes made today. 
I have a representation of virtually every shape and style, including the old chin resters, which do kind of work for taking the tension off your teeth while clenching. I have briars, meerschaums, clays, porcelains, cherry wood, maple, cobs, a calabash, and an alpine. Even even a the pipe with the pyrolytetic, the, the plastic bowl. Uh, pyrolytetic. Pyrolytic. P-Y-R-O-L-Y-T-I-C. There you go. Uh, I have three special pipes that were my grandpa's, my father-in-law's, and a brother-in-law's. Some of my favorite smokers include a Nording, a couple Costellos, some Stanwells, some Yellow Bowls, and a few others. After you peruse the photos, I'd be happy to answer any questions you have about something you see. Have a great weekend, Tad. So Tad sent me uh, several pictures. The first one is a bookshelf. Looks like it's uh, four shelves, well, three shelves and a top. And it is jam-packed full and displayed very nicely of pipes, tobaccos, jars. Uh, it looks like tins are in there, some empty tins, some old tins, all kinds of pipe stands. So this is a uh, uh, this is really a pipe collection that is completely on display and easily accessible. Uh, he's got let's see one, two, three, four, five, six of the round pipe uh, the the round pipe holders. And a couple of them are two-tiered, which I don't think I've ever seen. So there's like 12 or like 12 pipes on the bottom level and then six on the top level. So, I mean, really cool. On top of that, he's also got all of his Stanwell pipes are on a Stanwell retail display board. So <laughs> he can easily find those. And then the, uh, the Peterson Sherlock Holmes collection, I believe that's collection number two. Actually, uh, not uh, collection number one had more of a 3D display, uh, but this is the Peterson Sherlock Holmes pipe rack complete with the seven pipes from that set. So he's got those. Uh, the you know, and again, just a whole bunch of displayed items, easily accessible. Uh, there's some books in there too. So I'm, I'm wondering if he's also collecting books of uh, pipe ephemera. There's a Dunhill ashtray. I mean, this is this is better looking than most uh, <laughs> than most um, displays I've seen in retail stores. Uh, the final picture that he sent me, I think, is really cool because uh, many of you might remember the uh, the animal pipe rests, you know, where somebody made a shape and then the animal holds the pipe for you. I believe I have one here at home that is a. Uh, uh, that is a dog, and the dog is peeing on the bowl, <laughs> or the dog's lifting its leg. Well, Tad's got 6, 9, 12, 15 different animal pipe rests, uh, including a, tor a tortoise, which I've never seen before. There's an owl. There's a kangaroo. Uh, so just the fact that he's collecting that stuff to me is really absolutely fun. Uh, and as far as the, you know, I, I can't really tell the, I can't really tell in close up all of the pipes, uh, but I can just based off of the age range, remind everybody that, uh, back in the 1950s, uh, K Woody was a more expensive pipe than Dunhill was yellow bowls and medicos were about the same price as Dunhill. So, you know, there's all kinds of price ranges, all kinds of quality ranges, all kinds of sizes, uh, really nothing to say except just, you know, wow, you've got a lot of stuff and you've got it displayed really nicely. There's even a, um, uh, there's a match rest, a match holder, uh, you know, just all kinds of stuff. The tobacco tins are all over the place, all different styles and different manufacturers. And I'm sure he's probably uh, collecting them and as he smokes them. And there's even a couple of really old ones that I was able to get a glance at by zooming in. So he's collecting some of the older stuff. Uh, you know, I, if some of those are full, um, all I can say is, wow. So I really have no advice. Uh, Ted's collecting a historical collection of the world of pipe and pipe smoking ephemera and pipe smoking accessories and pipe smoking doodads. 
Um, I'd really hate to have to take all that stuff apart and dust it and clean it, but <laughs> just a great looking display. And, uh, I mean, there's gotta be, a, there's gotta be over 150 pipes here. So again, every style, shape, material, except for Morta. That's the only material, the only material he doesn't have. So Ted, thank you very much for sending that in. Thank you for, uh, you know, thank you for collecting all that stuff and even more thank you for displaying them so nicely and uh and prominently in your house again if you have a collection you want me to review email me brian at pipesmagazine.com and in just a moment uh discussions with fred this is internet radio since its beginnings in 1876 savinelli has become more than just a pipe factory it's become a lifestyle from sourcing the finest Mediterranean briar and partnering with local artisans to acquire unique accents, to expanding their catalog each year with new innovative series, Savinelli produces high quality Italian pipes that serve as a reflection of your individual tastes. With a portfolio that ranges from rugged designs fit for the outdoors to elegant pieces destined for black tie galas, Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. And uh, remember, uh, these questions, Fred and I recorded them in, uh, in an order, and now I've jiggered them out of order. So you may hear references back and forth to other things. And anyway, so I've just kind of mixed them together for, uh, for content and for time. So here is uh, the first question with Fred. All right, Fred, the question you wrote down is... What do you miss the most about the old days of pipe smoking? Uh, you want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you know what I miss the most? And my old days go back to uh, 1996, 97. So not nearly as old as your old days. <laughs> um, I, I guess there's, I guess there's two things that I, yeah, there, there's obviously the, the purchase regrets, you know, like being able to buy a brand new Yes Conowitz for $750 or $600. You know, obviously, you know, hindsight being 2020, I might have bought more tobacco and let my kids starve a little bit more because, you know, they ended up growing up all right, mostly. Um, but in all honesty, you know, I wish I had more time with some of the people. Uh, you know, Peter Stokeby, uh, you know, oh, I bet. Yeah. Lo lost him in 2003. And if I could just, you know, sit and hear more stories or spend time with him, uh, oh, yeah. uh, you know, recently Frank Burla, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Just endless and, stories. And Chuck Rio recently too. Chuck Rio, uh, Bill Unger. I would have loved to have been able to spend more time talking to Bill Unger and learning from and listening to Bill Unger talk. Uh, I, I've had lots of long conversations with Bill and they're all, each one of them treasured. I can tell you that. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of people. Um, yeah. Pipe show wise. I, I really cherish the memories. Uh, you know, sorry, Frank Burla. I know you're listening to me, but I really cherish those, uh, those Richmond pipe shows in, you know, from 2000 to 2010. Uh, the, yeah, I remember those. I was around. Yeah, I mean, just just small enough to be to get a chance to know everybody that was there, just big enough to have you know a full three day weekend, four day weekend, and a few international people and a few you know and and again just the perfect size and and it being a four and a half hour drive away for me meant that I didn't have to get on a plane so. Yeah, I mean those are every you know every time I think about uh, I think about pipes or you know pipe shows and stuff like that, or I think about the past, like the old uh, the old RTDAs. Uh, yeah, it's not so much about the actual products itself; it's always about the people. That's really true. Um, in the old days, there was a lot more. Um, how should we say personal contact with uh, 
you know, people, you go into a, a pipe shop, for example, and there were certain, in each pipe shop, uh, if it was a real pipe shop, there would be, uh, I, how, uh, I, I don't know how else to put it, like the equivalent of gurus mm-hmm. um, or masters, you know, who um, really had, um, you know, lots and lots of, of experience, decades and decades of experience. And yeah. that's what I appreciated um, because when I got into the hobby, I mean, I spent seven years just experimenting from, you know, one, uh, <clears throat> you know, scorching hot tobacco to the next um, without knowing what the hell I was doing. And then finally I ran into a guy who did know what he was doing. And I um, ended up, you know, hanging out in a, a particular shop where the owner and many of the customers were right there um, to provide really valuable, important information that I didn't have a clue of earlier than that. And that's what I miss because now, with all due respect, we have people on the Internet who have been smoking the pipe for three months and uh, they they declare themselves an expert. <laughs> and that just makes you crazy. It just makes you crazy. The, the keyboard warriors have conquered the Internet. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the other thing that I miss is the, uh, you know, it, when I was traveling for work, there was always, no matter what town you were in, there was one town that was a pipe shop and pipe shop focused. And then there were all the new cigar lounges. Uh, yeah. And I missed those pipe shops that were, you know, just pipe shop focused. Uh, there's not nearly as many as there was you know, 20 something years ago. Every town had a good pipe shop in it. Uh, yeah. And now they're few and, you know, they're few and far between. And now if you go into a store and it's got pipes, there might be 12 or 14 of them over there. And they've all got matching green, dusty stems. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but at the same time, we've got the Internet so we can look at pipes, you know, on our on our mobile devices, sitting in our reclining chair and look at pipe porn all day long and, you know, see pictures of stuff. But yeah, you're right. You'd go into a pipe shop and there would be the old guy and he might be in his, well, for me back then, the, the old guys might be in their fifties or sixties. <laughs> right. You know, they'd tell stories and you'd just sit there and yeah, they didn't have, there was never any really, you know, very rarely would you find a pipe shop that actually had chairs and a place for people to sit, but there was always, Oh, that's true. Back then <laughs> you didn't have that at all. You're right. No, there might be a stepladder for you to lean on or, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, and I, and you know, and I think the, the best part about the pipe shows is, you know, going to them and hanging out with the people and, you know, these past couple of years, that's been kind of limited. So <laughs> I really yeah. do miss that. I think that covers it, buddy. And we will continue right on to a second and even shorter question. Okay, Fred, next question that you wrote down is when you load a bowl of tobacco, do you take it all the way to the top or what percentage and why? Uh, Do you want to go first or you want me to go first? You go first. So I have to be careful. I I have a bad habit of loading all the way to the top. And then when I light the bowl, the tobacco on top puffs up so far that it starts to fall over. So I usually go about a quarter of an inch below the rim of the bowl. And then I, when it starts to puff up, I use the flat side of my Dejeep lighter to pat it down. And then it just keeps it all in the bowl. Um, and that way I don't have to worry about little pieces falling out and falling all over me. Uh, or even worse, little pieces coming out and burning the rim or the, you know, the, the top of the bowl. Uh, but yeah, I, I try to keep it, you know, eh, you know, a quarter to an eighth of an inch below the, the rim of the bowl. Uh, and that way I, that way I don't have any tobacco shooting out of it. Well, okay. This is a short discussion cause I totally agree. And I will fill the bowl seven ace, um, and leave uh, you know obvious space 
between the, the top of the rim and the tobacco level because I like to keep my, my pipes nice. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, however, um, whenever I think of this, there's, there's a fellow professor I used to um, know in Baltimore. We were both in the Chesapeake Pipe Club, um, and I'm still in um, the club officially. He died several years back. But he used to load his bowls really high, and he had some high-grade um, pipes. And he, we used to tell him, why are you doing this? Because his rims would be just burnt to a crisp. And he, we would tell him, come on, Paul was his name. Paul, you, you can't do this. You're hurting your pipes. And he would say, yeah, I know, I know, I got to stop, I got to stop. But he couldn't stop. Yeah. He, he compulsively, literally um you know fill that bowl to overflowing i remember he had a couple of incredible um reiner barbie pipes and um reiner barbie came to baltimore um as part of a uh, a tour with david david field at the time and uh he showed the pipes to reiner and he said yeah and reiner said yeah okay i'll redo the rims for you he did and then paul because he was so damned compulsive, he couldn't <laughs> help himself. He burnt the rims again, even after Reiner went to all that trouble. It was, uh, and so I'm saying I've met other people who compulsively fill their bowls. I don't know why to this day, but it it ruins their pipes. Well, and the other thing I think it does is if I if I over if I pack all the way to the top, and then you get that puff up at the beginning and you get a little aggressive with the tamping at the top, you get a real hard pack. So I want True. that little extra room for the tobacco to kind of expand and, you know, without having to hard tamp it back down because, you know, the worst thing is is a really tight draw at the beginning because then you're going to get the pipe all hot and fired up. And uh, plus you, you know, plus I, I'm usually wearing clothes when I smoke. I know that's going to shock everybody, but I just don't want tobacco pieces falling out on the bowl or falling out onto my onto my pants or whatever and burning me. So you have never then made an appointment for the, to the doctor for singed uh, pube hairs? Uh, no. <laughs> Is that self to say? Safe to say? Yeah, no, you'd have to go back to high school for that. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, so I, I always do that. I do have a problem when I get to some of my smaller, some of my smaller Virginia pipes that only have like a one inch high bowl or, yeah, I've, I've got yeah. one that's really shallow. That, a, that I can yeah. understand. Yeah. I don't have any bowls that small. Yeah. Um, personally, but no, I've got, a, I've got two of those, I think. And you know, I gotta, I gotta be careful with them, but yeah. So they're 25 minute smokes instead of 45 minutes. That's, you know, that's, that's the beauty of it, but. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I could. I could. I could just see your uh, your professor friend there packing the bowl real tall, and it, now it looks like Vesuvius going off as he's lighting it. <laughs> yeah, I used to. We used to sit there, not just me. There would be two or three of us, and we say, "Paul, what are you doing? What are you doing, Paul?" He goes, "I know. I can't help it. I can't help it." I felt so bad for him. Um, <laughs> And I, you know, there was a, those two Reiner Barbies stick in my mind because the straight green was so tremendous. I really wanted them for my collection, but not burnt to shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that was a good short one. Okay. And we'll take a break right here and we'll be back with more of me and Fred in just a moment. Take a look at your pipe rack. Are all those briars and mirrors constant companions in your rotation? Or are there some that you gravitate to more than others? Are there some that you simply don't smoke anymore? Through SmokingPipes.com's estate trade program, you can transform those underused pipes into immediate cash or store credit. Just send us your pipes and we'll unpack, inspect, and evaluate them based on extensive market research and over 20 years of experience. Then, we'll contact you with a detailed offer for your choice of cash or store credit, valid on any items in our vast selection of pipes, tobacco, cigars, and accessories. If you're not happy with our quote, we'll return your pipes free of charge to domestic addresses. It's that simple. 
Join the thousands of Smoking Pipes customers who have benefited from this program and start your trade today by contacting us at 888-366-0345. That's 888-366-0345. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. And here is um, me and Fred again. One question. All right, Fred. Question is, and uh, and and I got to remind everybody, this is from the minds of Dr. Hannah, Ph.D. Um, how would you be a different person if you never took up pipe smoking? So what do you think, Fred? Well, <clears throat> that's a, a fascinating question. Because pipe smoking has affected my life in so many different ways. Um, one is that it has um, given me a, uh, how shall I say, an opportunity, an avenue, um, a uh, aspect of life that I can pursue um, pretty much carefree, uh, no stress. Um, and, uh, something that fascinates me at the same time. And at the same time, um, the great thing about, um, you know, collectors is that uh, collecting pipes is that it's not just collecting objects. You actually use these objects in, um, in the act of smoking. And so for me, uh, it reduces stress. Like I said, it also uh, provides an area of interest, something to pursue um, that fascinates me. Um, and on the other hand, it also produces a uh, familiarity and camaraderie with a wide, wide range of people, um, international uh, inter you know, in the, of the whole, you know, uh, context of um, people from all over the world who are interested in this stuff. And uh, I have made friendships that are, uh, you know, um, extremely valuable. And so without all of that, would I be okay if I didn't have that interest? Well, yeah, sure, I've had other hobbies. But this one is pretty damn special because it's afforded so many friends and it's afforded me um you know new areas of experience and uh just a, a different pathway to um enjoy life so let me ask you this because you said it's yeah you know, it's a stress-free it's a it's a stress-reducing hobby yeah. uh yeah. but there there are times where you know, some of us collectors, and I'm not pointing any fingers at anybody except for me, maybe, or you, uh, have gotten into very passionate uh, discourses over, you know, certain aspects of the hobby, and that can make it, that can make it stressful. And, that's, and, uh, that's very true, Brian. Um, there is a uh, particular, I don't want to go into the details on it, but there yeah. is a particular topic, um, actually a couple of topics over the years, none in recent years. Um, I think the last one, maybe 2007, mm -hmm. eight, somewhere in there, where there was a very, uh, but anyway, in these um, controversial topics, these were areas of... Uh, uh, considerable stress um, for me and so you're right but in each case those um, those controversies resolved yeah and um, I, I'm I'm now at peace with everybody who was was involved with those controversies so it actually had a further benefit of uh, uh, knowing that pipe people is, are so, uh, how shall we say, we are passionate and we are um, intellectually curious and um, it also is more, how can I put this? 
sometimes people's egos get in the way in um, everyday worldly affairs. And it's a, it's a common thing. It's run of the mill. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. But what I find is that in the pipe world, um, egos are not at, at play as much as they are in most of the world's dealings. Yeah. And that's something that I have been consistently, how shall I say, impressed by. And something that makes me value the pipe community. And um, the curious thing about, um, you know, interactions. I mean, if, if you talk to people, I talk about this in my book. If you sit down at a show with total strangers and, um, you know, usually in America, we ask the question, well, what do you do? Or, you know, um, these kinds of things that have the, uh, the hidden um, purpose of trying to establish status. Yep. You know, in other words, um, is my job better than yours? Am I a better person than you because I have a better job? Or, you know, what kind of car do I drive? All that silly bullshit. In the pipe world, we don't ask those kinds of questions. We ask, what kind of tobacco do you like? What kind of pipes do you like? You see, yeah. and so we um, we don't establish status in the typical way. If, you know, what do you do? Those kinds of questions you almost never um, hear unless you actually get to know somebody and you get to be pretty good friends. And then you say, by the way, <laughs> what do you do for a <laughs> where, living? Where do you, you know? live? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where do you live? Yeah. yeah. You, you and, live at a hotel all the time or just? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you just a, uh, you know, a uh, how how should we say a pipe show bum? Yeah. Right. We, you're just wonderful pipe show and a pipe show. <laughs> you're, you're just a Grateful Dead fan that just ended up on the pipe show circuit and. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Now, I, so, uh, Fred, the the reason I brought that, the reason I mentioned that, and I poked you in that direction was because. Uh, that's part of the reason why I have, uh, you know, I, I've always, I, I've stated two things on a regular basis in this show is that one, it doesn't matter what kind of pipe or what kind of tobacco you smoke, you're a pipe smoker and therefore you're a friend of mine because there is, yeah, you know, I, I don't like the perception of, uh, of status amongst whether it's a, I hate to say it, a perfect straight grain made by some Danish guy with a lot of vowels in his name or a corn cob. <laughs> uh, you know, that's, I'm sorry. So I've, so I've always said, if you, if you smoke a pipe and it's got tobacco in it, you're a friend of mine. And I've also always said, and I really do believe this, that you are the leading expert on your own, on your own opinion. And as long as your opinion works for you, great. <laughs> um, if it doesn't, if it's not working for you, then you got more therapeutic issues. But, uh, but yeah, you're, you're you're right. You know, and the and the the comparison to the cigar world, there's much more uh, ego is much more prevalent. Um, and that and yeah. so so that's why I've said you know that's why I that's why I poked you in that direction. Yeah, and it's interesting because. Yeah, I collect perfect straight grains, but I'll collect a perfect. I have perfect straight grains that don't even have a name on the damn pipe, you know. <laughs> so it's not like I only go after the high prestigious um, yeah. pipe makers. For me, I just love grain. For me, that's a thing of nature. Um, it's not a matter of, you know, oh, I collect uh, Bone Orge exclusively. And uh, I own, you know, 50 of them. And that makes me better than you because you only, you know, collect uh, instead of $10,000 a piece, you only collect pipes that are $3,000 a piece. And so what the (laughs) hell is wrong with you? Uh, (laughs) You know, that kind of that's just emptiness uh, and absurdity personified. But for me. I love grain, man. I think it's beautiful. It's a thing of nature. And when a pipe carver can capture that grain, 
because you know for most pipe makers when they start out a pipe their hidden desires as it's going to be a perfect straight cream yeah well they they know they can't get perfection but see for me that that grain just is so rich with beauty and and uh it just screams you know that uh everything about nature's um um perfection in imperfection if i can put it that way because there's never a perfect straight grain so i have several pipes that are made by little known obscure pipe makers that have incredible straight grain i have one um that was actually a gift to me by our friend regis mccafferty uh, who i will always be grateful to hi regis if you're listening um he sent me a uh pipe a danish pipe um that has no stamping on it whatsoever and it is absolutely spectacular grain and i've shown it to dozens of, of pipe guys none of us can figure out who made it we all have guesses but it's absolutely spectacular and you know what? i don't give a shit if it doesn't have a name on it um <laughs> regis sent it to me he said fred i i this is a no-name pipe i couldn't get anything for it i just kept thinking about you and thinking about you and so here it is my gift to you and i looked at it and i about flipped out but there was an added bonus the thing is a fantastic smoker i mean it just has this nice rich flavor that it adds to the tobacco and uh i mean every time i look at that pipe i think i feel like i hit the jackpot you know yeah um so and you, and uh, then you re, you remember Regis too. Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I guess my my answer to this question would be if I if I took an inventory of people that I actually call friends and these are people that, you know, that I interact with and <laughs> yeah, not just not just Facebook style friends. Um <laughs> I I've I've only got maybe uh, maybe two people that are not related to the pipe side of my life that I have regular interactions with that I call friends and the rest of them are from the, or from the pipe world. Um, wow. and I, you know, I came at this from, this was not a hobby that I was interested in. This was part of a job that I got interested in and then got less interested in the other side of the job and got more focused on it. Uh, and got more passionate about it and got so passionate about it that I'm not doing that job anymore. And I'm still interested in the product that I was dealing in. So, wow. uh, yeah, that's great. You know, that yeah. if you, if you think about it, uh, you know, how many, um, uh, I'll pick on accountants because you know, why not accountants? It's A's and a in the alphabet. Uh, you know, how many accountants go to work for a company and then after 25 years of doing accounting, how many of them want to go back and hang out doing accounting for free? Um, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know of many, uh, but I will say, and, uh, and then the other thing that I think it is the, the other thing that I feel that the pipe has done for me it has allowed me to be comfortable with myself as an individual. Uh, and by individual, I mean by, you know, not being, uh, I, I don't see any other pipe smokers really, including myself, that are subject to the next trends, the next fashions, the next hot brands, the next whatever. I see us interested in unique items that give us pleasure that are of quality and of some distinction. Uh, but in reality, it has really helped me just become more comfortable with me as a individual. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point because, you know, uh, you know, people tend to criticize each other, understatement um, <laughs> on that, forgive me, but um, you in the pipe world, you don't um, argue over which style is better. So, like, for example, uh, if you have 
a fascination for Danish shapes and you're a pipe collector. Um, I, I personally have never heard two people arguing uh, in a critical sort of a way as, you know, what do you see in those, those uh, Danish shapes? You know, you should be uh, in more interested in, um, by Danish, I mean Danish contemporary, by the way, not the yeah. 1960s Danish freehands um, of the days of yore. Um, I've never seen a, a an argument where one person says, well, I like Sheraton shapes or, you know, I like, um, you know, this, that, and, and people start criticizing each other. No, it's kind of like, that's your aesthetic taste. This mm -hmm. is my aesthetic taste. And we, as pipe um, collectors and smokers, we've gotten to the point where we respect each other to the point where we will um, just accept that that's your taste and this is my taste and we have a little overlap here and we're very different there. See, but you know, there, but there is one thing I do want to touch on Brian. Um, and I don't know if you want to save this for another question or not, but there is, a, there's a lot of pipe smokers out there who prefer corn cobs. Yeah. And, um, I don't know if we want to make this a separate question because it's really not directly related um, to the, the question we started with. But um, I would be willing to pursue that, too. Uh, I noticed <clears throat> that some people were disappointed in my book because I never um, addressed the issue of corn cobs. However, I have written what I consider to be a very fair um and uh, a reasonable approach to, to how to view corn cobs in the bigger pipe world, which I would be happy to discuss. I got a lot of praise for it and a lot of criticism because a lot of people didn't agree with me. Imagine that in the pipe world. See, the, the thing in the pipe world is that most all the time we all respect each other, even though we don't agree with each other. Um, this is a huge lesson that could be uh how should we say applied by the uh current um uh, politicians that we're stuck with um but this is i think this is something we would we should have uh uh pursued and i should have written it down in the list of questions yeah i mean we, we could add another question of why is you know why is briar why do we think you and I in particular, why do we think of Briar as King when there's corn cobs, clays, meerschaums, olive right. wood, morta and all that right. stuff. So yeah, let, we'll, we'll add that in as a, uh, as another question down the list. Okay. Well, what do you think? I would love to uh, hear from you, all your comments on, uh, yeah. How would you be a different person if you didn't discover a pipe? Uh, more of Fred and me coming up in future episodes, and we'll be back in just a minute. Hi, I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell and Deal. We know pipe smoking is a personal journey. That's why our small team of blending and production experts take a personal approach in every step, preparing tobacco products just for you. We source top quality leaf through the personal connections we've made around the world, hand blend that leaf, and carefully package each tin. Each product, from special releases like our small batch line to our most popular mixtures like Autumn Evening, are made right here in South Carolina by professionals dedicated to providing the finest of smoking experiences. Lighting up a pipe is an exploration through evolving flavors, thoughts, memories, and even dreams. From our hands to yours, Cornell and Deal tobaccos are your passport for that voyage, provided by people who, like you, value the journey. This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. Hope you enjoyed the discussions. Uh, I hope you're still enjoying the discussions with uh, Fred and I. Uh, if you have any questions, just email me. All right, for music, uh, Cole Porter. And Harry Connick Jr. did a whole Cole Porter album a couple of years back. And I love Harry Connick Jr. 
Anyway, so here is uh, Harry Connick Jr. doing uh, Cole Porter's Why Can't You Behave? Jr. doing Cole Porter. And, uh, you know, Harry Connick Jr. doesn't know it, but I have a love affair going with him. You 
got mail. Mailbag comments or questions can be emailed to me, Brian at PipesMagazine.com, B-R-I-A-N at PipesMagazine.com. That's the same email you use if you're sending me something for the JDRF auction. And a big mailbag to get through, so let's go. Going back to last week with uh, another edition of the uh, Jeff and Jody show, uh, Jay Everett says this has become a seriously deep dive into pipe making. I never knew it was so involved. I think I took a lot of what the industry is for granted. I'm interested in the juxtaposition of a skilled craftsman versus an artist. A cabinet maker can be an artist too, though, right? Also, the tobacco reviewed was curious to me. I may have overlooked a line of blends that are worth sampling. Yeah, uh, I've enjoyed the rest of the tin of that Wessex, too. And uh, Dino says, I really enjoyed this second visit with Jeff and Jody, although I feel like a spy listening in on a private conversation. Bond. Dino Bond. (laughs) Dino, I've seen you in public. You're not going to work too well as a spy. Uh, And then he also goes on to say uh, Jeff's wonderful tale of becoming a pipe maker and Jody's encouragement and his own path to the craft were so very interesting, reflective, and totally entertaining. Good tune from Foreigner. I kind of lost interest in their music after Foreigner 4. With reference to your rant, I was reminded of a quote from T.S. Eliot. Only those who will risk going too far can possibly find out how far one can go. Thanks for the fun show, Dino. You're welcome. (laughs) Go too far. Yeah. Uh, Casey Ghost says, pretty good review of Wessex campaign Dark Flake. It's a shame that I I probably won't like it. Yeah. Uh, It was a pretty good show, but my phone had some difficulty picking up Jody. Somewhere you had a racket and it was causing some problems. I could hear Jeff explain how he broke into the pipe making business. That was enjoyable, but Jody's got lost in whatever was causing that noise. And as for the music, get off my lawn. (laughs) Okay, you got it. And uh, getting caught up in no particular order on some uh, older stuff, uh, Umber Piper writes, Brian, having uh, listened to your wonderful discussion with Fred Hanna on smoking to the bottom of the bowl, I thought I'd offer my little trick. It's always sad to sacrifice the unburnt leaves of your favorite tobacco at the end of a smoke when I... uh, At the end of a smoke. When I pack my bowl... I start with a tiny pinch of crispy, dry, cube-cut burley, then stuff my tobacco on top. Uh, This does three things. The dry burley absorbs excess moisture, thus avoiding tongue bite. The air pockets between the cubes assure that you haven't blocked the hole with tobacco, practically guaranteeing an easy smoke even when you've packed too tight. And best of all, the dottle you tap out at the end of your smoke is not the precious tobacco that you'd trade your mother for, but plain old burley, some of the cheapest tobacco available. For those who don't care for burley, I can assure you that it will in no way affect your smoking experience, and who doesn't want to enjoy an extra bowl out of every tin? Excellent show as always. I could listen to you and Fred gone for hours, Umber Piper. Uh, Yeah, so there's a good idea. Yeah, that cube cut burly down at the bottom. Uh, Mark writes, Brian, after listening to your interview with Murphy Odin, I visited his site. OMG, there are many excellent pipe carvers out there, but no one approaches this level of artistry. I subsequently purchased three of his creations. I asked if he would be attending the upcoming Chicago Pipe Show. He said, probably not due to the distance. Well, I kept encouraging him since this will be my first Chicago show. Good news, he will be there, and I'm bringing my pipes. And uh, he sent along pictures of them. They're three beautiful carved pipes. Uh, and then he says, spread the word, Mark. Mark, glad you, glad you found uh, Murph's pipes and glad you're enjoying them. Hutch Piper writes, Hi, Brian. Congratulations on reaching the 500-show milestone. What an achievement. I really enjoy your show. No curveballs, no change-up, no screwballs. Well, maybe just a few. (laughs) Just the flaming high heat right down the middle. Enough baseball analogies. Uh, New to the hobby, I'm grateful that I found your show. While I am obviously learning a great deal about pipe smoking from you and your knowledgeable guests, what I think I'm appreciating most is the variety of perspectives and life experiences offered by you and your guests in regard to a variety of subjects, ranging from international travel and history to agriculture and science and just so much more. 
It's like being a freshman in college all over again. I'm really enjoying the exposure to so many different topics to keep me thinking about novel ideas throughout the day. I'm also really enjoying the music selections. Listening to your show is a great way to expand one's horizons while learning more about the art of pipe smoking and fine tobaccos. I can't thank you enough for your efforts and steadfast commitment to bringing the pipe smoking community a highly informative yet relaxing and entertaining show each week. Keep that pitching arm warmed up and the high heat coming as you've got a whole lot more left in you. Yeah, I'm not so sure I could do that. And then... Uh, Hutch Piper was the inspiration for the uh, Prince Albert and the can stuff. So there you go. Warren writes, uh, Brian, congratulations on the significant milestone of 500 episodes of your Pipes Magazine radio show. Looking forward to another 500. <laughs> wow, that'd be a milestone. Well, thank you very much. Uh, and Ethan writes, uh, hi, Brian. Uh, first, I wanted to note on the last episode, 494 with Mark Dion was fantastic. So that's how far this goes back. Uh, to me, he represented the historic pipe smoker more than those I encounter nowadays, specifically what appeared to be a more pragmatic perspective of pipes of pipe and tobaccos. I don't have a style. I smoke most types of blends. Uh, he says, I'm rem uh, I am reminiscent of my wife's grandfather, a former pipe smoker, who told me I was too young and spry to smoke a bent stem pipe because those were for old people. I digress. <laughs> uh, the other thing I wanted to write to you about was way back in episode 335, you interviewed Mikhail. Uh, you made mention of a potential correlation between people who smoke Virginias and also enjoy red wines. Did you have any more insight into that? It made me think about my own perspective, which surprisingly agrees with that statement. Later in that episode, you discussed the difference between a pipe smoker and a cigar smoker in terms of cars. The cigar smoker shows up in the newest, fastest thing, while the pipe smoker shows up in the 20-year-old vehicle they purchased for its reliability. I also agreed with that. Not just because I drive a 20-year-old vehicle and observed a fellow pipe smoker in my town driving a mint 1995 Honda Accord, straight billiard clinch between his teeth. I guess that goes to show we are in it for the practicality, not the flashiness. Thanks for all you do for the show, and I look forward every week to your podcast, Ethan. Uh, Ethan is also a whitewater kayak instructor. So, I mean, that's... And a swift re and a swift water rescue instructors. <laughs> I mean, wow, uh, Ethan. I haven't done much more into the red wine, but you know that might be a good topic for Fred and I to talk about because Fred's a big wine head. Um, I think for me in particular, some of the the sweeter, drier red wines work well with sweeter Virginias. Uh, that's all I can come up with. Uh, Bill writes. Brian, love the discussion about old versus new tobaccos. I have lots of questions that need answering. Fred may choose to answer them in a private email versus on your show. I would love to know which tobaccos of old Fred would recommend acquiring given availability. If he could suggest a couple. Uh, I should say that I have plenty of McClellan in my cellar, probably over 100 tins. Secondly, what current production tobaccos does he think are worth acquiring? He mentioned GLP's Gaslight. Would love to know more. And then he asked me a travel note, so I answered that privately. Always enjoy your show. Perhaps I'll sell my McClellan so I can buy a Rolex, as suggested by Chap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, may not be able to smoke it. Um, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll get that. I'll, Fred and I will... Uh, you know, we'll talk about some tobaccos that are currently on the market. Uh, I think if it was me on the market right now, I know I like the I like the current Escudo. Give it about two years of age. I like the Sutliff Crumble Cakes, the Virginia and the Virginia Perique. Uh, don't you know? Give them a little bit of age, but not too long. Uh, you know, so yeah, right in there. Uh, the Cornell and Deal uh, Red Flake stuff when they come out with it, like that too. Uh, and then Bill writes, and this goes back to the first of the month. Um, I know you're busy with your vacation and the weekly podcasts. Uh, I went to the Mule Town Pipe Show a few weeks ago. I was happy to purchase a nice new Levat from Scott Thiele. It was my second time to meet him. I uh, heard lots of good things about the Mule Town Pipe Show. 
And then if you remember, Bill was the one that talked about the uh, counterfeit or fake pipes. Uh, Bill said there was another estate vendor at the Mule Town show nearby with a very new-looking former pipe and a brand-new S-Bang pipe. I could tell the vendor was ready to sell and cheap, but my knowledge of those two pipe makers is very limited. I walked away wondering if those were really authentic pipes. Uh, it may not be a good subject to bring up on your podcast forum. I would hate to plant a bad seed in someone's mind. The end result could be like the kudzu plant here in the Southland. Thanks again for your podcast. I've been piping for 40 years, but I feel like a newbie when I listen to you and your guests, Bill. Uh, Bill, in response, you know, and comment to if the prices look too good, you know, if you don't know the, uh, if you don't know the seller again, you know, you're, when you're buying from somebody, you're really buying the reliability of the seller or the ref, um, the reputation of the seller. If you don't know the seller, you know, maybe ask around, um, you know, take a, you know, ask around and see if he, you know, see if anybody else at the show knows them. Uh, if you're not, if you just don't feel comfortable with the deal, you know, don't do the deal. All right. Uh, thank you to everybody for your emails and your patience with me getting caught up there. And again, comments, questions, email me, Brian at pipesmagazine.com. And I feel it is a uh, responsibility of mine to, uh, respond to them and get them right on the show. If you, if you don't want them right on the show, put that in highlight. <laughs> All right. Rant time is coming up next. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. to think about it but it's election time again here in the united states that's right the primaries are heating up for what's classically called the midterm elections yes the midterms in november yeah oh, we just got over the last anyway uh here's the reason why i mentioned that because now is a perfect time to send emails or tweets or whatever you do in communication you know handwritten letters postcards uh, send them to those elected officials that are running for re-election and remind them that you are a pipe smoker and leave your pipe smoking alone. Leave tobacco prices alone or tobacco taxes alone. Leave tobacco availability alone. Uh, on a local level, stop restricting places where you can go to smoke, you know, and so on and so on. And tell them in your letter if you want your, if you want, if they want your vote, well, they should leave your pipe tobacco alone. It's that time of the year. It's the time when they know that they're running for re-election. They want your money to run for re-election. They want your vote. Well, I'm letting all of mine know that if they want my vote, they're going to leave smoking alone. And while you're doing that, uh, let the Walt Disney Company know that they're not getting your money uh, because they won't let you smoke inside their parks. And... Uh, Let's see the Columbus Zoo also. Yeah, I promised I'd put together a list of a, a list of people. Yeah. So anywhere you go, let those companies know that, you know what? If you want me there, you're going to give me a place where I can smoke my pipe and let all those elected officials know that if they want your vote, well leave my pipe and tobacco alone. All right, comments, questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Uh, thank you to Fred for joining me. Thank you again for everybody that's been sending in emails, comments, and questions. Love them all, and I believe I'm all caught up now. Uh, thank you all for tuning in, and until next time. Oh,
Jira, Bomba 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 Jira, 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 Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Do you have Prince Albert in a can? And is your refrigerator running? Boy, those were the good old days.